Whenever I meet someone who's adopted and has met their birth family, I always ask them how it's going. Whether it's been a year or 10 years, I feel like it's never really what you expect. You might think that the challenge is in finding them, but the real challenge begins once you do. My dad was adopted in the mid-1950s from Catholic Charities of Richmond, Virginia, and he was adopted to an Irish family. My dad has dark hair, dark skin, dark eyes, so he kind of always stood out from the rest of the family. Even his adopted brother, who was adopted about a year before him, he had red hair and fair complexion, so he fit right in. But my dad said that he never really felt any kind of difference because everyone treated him so great in the family. My grandmother had had an operation when she was younger to have her appendix removed, and somehow they cut her fallopian tubes in the process. So as much as her and my grandfather wanted kids, they knew that they would never be able to have their own kids. So along came my Uncle John. And they and their family were just overjoyed to have a baby for my grandparents. And so much so that a year later, when they saw my dad in a orphanage, they uh, decided to adopt him also, and their family was complete. And my dad says that he had great close bonds with cousins and aunts and uncles, and everybody just treated him like any other member of the family. It was never any kind of a strange situation because he was adopted, but it was always made known to him that he was. When my dad turned 40, he dramatically recollects that he looked in the mirror one day and said to himself, someone out there knows that I was born on this day. So he decided that he would try to find his birth parents. And I don't know if it was out of curiosity or some kind of need, but Whatever it was, that day he was ready to start that search. My dad contacted Catholic Charities, and because it was a closed adoption, they connected him with a PI who would be handling his case just to track down his parents before, um, you know, contacting them to see if they wanted to meet him. Apparently, this is how things were done back in the old days before the internet, or I would say... Uh, the early 1990s before anybody really used the internet to its full capacity. Basically what they told us is that the detective was able to get in touch with both parties and neither one of them wanted to have contact with my dad. His birth father said that he didn't think it was his son and his birth mother said that she was ill and she didn't think an event like that would be helpful in her life. So instead, my dad got non-identifying information. Uh, this is kind of like a consolation prize. It's like we can't let you meet your parents, but here's some little tidbits about them. Uh, it really didn't mean much to my dad at the time. He wrote everything down, but the non-identifying information wasn't really anything that interesting, and especially if his father was saying he didn't even think it was his child. The most devastating thing that happened at this Almost exact same time is that my uncle's birth mother decided to contact him. He had no real interest in meeting her, and he actually had to be tricked by my grandparents into meeting her. 
he has a son and a daughter and his son uh, actually feels the same way. He's not really that interested in it. But his daughter did try to have a relationship with her biological grandmother. From what I'm told, that didn't really turn out amazing. But at the time, for me, that seemed like the most wonderful thing that could ever happen. And I was like so envious that they were getting to have this experience. Years went by and nothing was really done regarding finding my dad's biological parents. We continued to love my grandparents. Nothing there had changed. They were amazing, funny, loving people. And we were just so lucky to have them. But after that situation happened, it seemed like something had kind of changed. And the questions that we had had before seemed to be surfacing more and more often. We were wondering why my dad was so dark. What was his ethnicity? Um, when I was younger, I actually had friends ask me if my dad was Mexican, and I had no idea whether he was or wasn't. We wondered if my dad's birth parents were in Virginia still. That was just a couple states away from us. We got kind of a feeling from the way his biological father had answered the detective that um, he wasn't a planned pregnancy, but we still wondered why he was given up for adoption, what the details were surrounding that adoption. I wondered if I looked like my biological grandmother. I wondered what they all looked like. And after a while, as the years went on, we started to wonder if they were even still alive. You can't really understand how important questions like this are unless you're the person that's asking them. I was a young adult when my dad went through the whole thing with trying to find his birth parents. And although I didn't fully understand it, I could see there was a lot of sadness that he had. Uh, on being rejected by them for a second time, essentially. I just felt really sorry that he had to go through that, and I wish that the whole situation had gone the other way, but we can't really know how it's going to go until we go for it. At the time, I really didn't think I could do anything to help, but as the years went on, uh, my relationship with my dad grew really strong. My parents got divorced, and I was with him a lot more kind of got to know him more as a person and see him as a, a human instead of just as my dad. I saw him struggle to get over the divorce. And when I was a young adult, I lived with him with my young son and I really got to see more of him as a person. And also when my dad's parents became ill and eventually died, I was there with him for those events. And also there was a woman that he had been dating for a couple years and she died suddenly around this same time. So he had a lot of tragedy in a very short period of time. With all of those things going on, I thought that that time would be perfect for a connection and it would have the greatest impact to him, you know, in the face of losing all these people that maybe we could gain some positive relationships. One day I told him that I was going to find his biological parents and he laughed at me after everything that he had been through with the detective and Catholic charities. It really didn't seem like it was a possibility and the non-identifying information he had was non-identifying. It was very ambiguous. It could be almost anybody. So that's really all I had to start with. I took the non-identifying information and the details around his adoption and I put them on a message board on Ancestry. I really had no idea where to start. So I thought maybe somebody would go on there 
and they would see the details and it ring a bell for them and they would know right away who my dad's parents were or maybe somebody was searching for my dad at that point. Strangely enough, from the message board, I found a woman who reached out thinking that she was my dad's twin. She said she was told she was born in October, but she had always felt that she was born in November. I know, it sounds crazy. But it was my first contact with somebody and my first lead. So I spent a lot of time talking to her. She had a lot of parallels with my dad's life, which was kind of strange. But um, what she did give us was she told us that we should do DNA testing. Initially, it was to see if my dad matched with her. Spoiler alert, he didn't. But what it did give us was my dad's second cousin on his paternal side. So after we finished up with this woman, wished her well on her search, I contacted my dad's second cousin on Family Tree DNA. It took a couple of weeks for her to respond, but when she finally did, she was very responsive. She must have been sitting in front of the computer and I caught her just at the right time. At this time, DNA tests didn't tell you whether a match was paternal or maternal. So I was giving this woman as many facts as I could to see if uh, she could help me figure out which side she was on. She was Italian, so eventually we just put two and two together that she was from my dad's paternal side. I asked her a whole bunch of questions, and because she was a second cousin, she didn't know details of everything I was asking her, like where this person was in 1956, was he in Virginia? She wasn't really able to answer all those things. I sent her a picture and immediately she said, he looks exactly like my cousin. Then connected me with this cousin's daughter and I spoke to her that same day. We narrowed down all the details and figured out that we had the right person. And now it was up to my dad's half sister to confront her father about this. Luckily, my dad had been born before his father was married, so this wasn't an affair or anything like that. His children were all born several years after, but his wife was still pretty shocked that he had kept a secret like that for so many years. At first, he denied the whole situation even happened. He was very confused. He said, I thought the records were sealed, and he didn't understand the use of commercial DNA testing. Once he saw a picture of my dad, he pretty much gave up. <laughs> he knew that it was his son. My dad looks more like him than any of his other kids. That's when he came around to the idea. And from then on, he was open to my dad. We met him several times, but unfortunately he did get Alzheimer's a couple years after we met him. But at least we had a good couple years with him and my dad was able to meet him. The situation with my dad's mother didn't go as well. It took me a little longer to find her, and when I did, she had been deceased for several years. She actually had died a couple years after my dad tried to contact her because she was truthful that she was very ill at the time. I was excited to see that she had a son and a daughter a couple years after my dad was born. I was hopeful that I would reach out to them and they would be as receptive as his paternal family. I sent his half-sister a letter, and I had tried to call several phone numbers. Most of them were disconnected, or I just never 
got anything back from them. But in the meantime, I did find out that she had a living sister. So I reached out to my dad's aunt and I was able to have a conversation with her. She was very sweet, very open to the situation and she confirmed everything for us, which was something that we needed, that we had the right person. And she told us a little bit about her sister, but not a whole lot. She connected me with her daughter and another one of my dad's first cousins. My goal really was to just get to know who she was a little more, maybe have some pictures so that I could take that back to my dad and say, this is your mother. But that didn't really happen. I did get a couple pictures and I did hear some things, but what I heard wasn't really complimentary. Uh, it didn't seem like anybody in the family really cared for my grandmother and that's why I was hoping so much more that her kids would contact me so that we could have a different perspective on who she was. I got a note card back and only had a few lines. And the gist of it was, your dad wasn't a secret. We knew. And we think it's our mom's wishes that we not have contact with him. So that was the only thing I ever got from his half-brother and sister. And to this day, I've never heard from them again. So sometimes it goes that way, too. That is what I would call the worst case scenario, although it's actually not the worst I've seen. Everyone loves suspense and they're with you for the ride right up to when you're reaching out to your birth family. They want to know what's going to happen. It's very exciting and they can't wait to see what'll go on. Once you find them, that's when the hard part really begins. Finding them is the easy part. No one really talks about what happens after. Every adoption story is different, and every reunion will be different because of those differences that influence the adoptions. You have so many emotions going on when you're contacting these people. You wonder if you're ruining their life. You wonder if you're a secret, and if you are, why are you a secret? You wonder if they'll like you. That's something I spent a lot of time thinking about and wondering. My dad was raised so differently and in a different place. There's this initial need for them to like you because for all intents and purposes, they're your family. But what does that even mean in this situation? And when you're defining those familial relationships and expectations, it can feel really hard to manage. You also have this fear and anxiety that they won't like you or you won't connect the way you think you're supposed to. But once you have the initial meeting, be it over the phone or in person, and the excitement turns to unease, you're left to navigate what happens after. It's a question that's always in the back of your mind. And it's nice to have an answer to a question that's always in the back of your mind. All your life, you kind of wonder where you came from. Whatever it's going to bring you, you're going to have to accept it. The next piece of this episode is an interview with my dad. You already know his story, but it's important to hear it from his perspective. He's nine years into discovering his roots and relationships have ended due to death, while others have evolved and changed. Although he was initially guarded due to the sting of inherent rejection that adoption causes, he can now look back and see that's why. He's nothing if not brutally honest. A friend of mine once said, if you want the truth, go talk to Miranda. Let's just say I get that from my dad. 
So at what age were you adopted? I was three months old. I was born on, on November 8th, and I was brought home on, I think, the 26th of February, something like that. And do you remember how you found out you were adopted? Yeah, I was probably you know, 10 or 11, and uh, my mom and dad sat me down and said, you know, you're not a horse, you're adopted. You know, and I kind of, by that time, I kind of thought something was up. Yeah. You know, I mean, my brother had red hair and freckles, and my parents were Irish. Yeah. You know, but nobody had said anything to me till then. They had never told me till then. What did you know? Like, were they able to tell you anything about it? No. At, at the time, they just told me I was adopted, and that my mother gave me up for some reason, and they didn't know anything as far as, you know, with anything. That was it. And it stayed that way, you know, for most of my life. I mean, I, th- I think the reason that they X'd everything out on my birth certificate was just for any reason in the world, somebody couldn't show up and say I was their kid. You know, they didn't want somebody to come and try to try to come after me at some point. Because you never know, I guess. I guess there are all women who put their kids up for adoption and 20 years later, they go looking for their kids, you know. It's not always the kid looking for the parents. Yeah, I mean, 20 years later, you're an adult, but I could see, like, if you were a kid, if they changed their mind, I... Yeah, well, it's got to be a tough thing to give up your kid. I mean, you, you got to say to yourself, you know, I'm doing this so that this kid has a better life. The life with me is not going to be, you know what I mean? There's no father. It was just a mother, so, you know. And she couldn't afford it. Couldn't afford it at the time, I'm sure. So what made you want to look for them? Um, I know in particular, in the beginning at least, you wanted to find your birth mother more. But what made you want to look for them? Well, just to, you know, just all your life you kind of wonder where you came from. You know what I mean? Do you have brothers and sisters? Was What was the deal? You know, at least find out the story of why you were put up for adoption. You know what I mean? Was your mom killed in a car accident? Was there a, a one-night stand? Uh, somebody just didn't like the looks of you when you were born and went, oh, we get rid of that kid. <laughs> Look at that kid. He's all covered with boils and bumps and whatever the hell else he's got. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one of Jerry's kids. Get yeah. rid of him. <laughs> yeah. Wait for the next one. Maybe we'll get him yeah, next exactly. time. This, honey, this didn't work out. We got to drown him. <laughs> Put him in a basket and throw him in the river. <laughs> Once you did do the whole thing with Catholic Charities and they gave you the non-identifying information, like what did they tell you? you know, well, they told me to my mom and dad. They found my mom and they found my dad. Like I said, I had talked to someone when I was about 40 who knew, who talked to both of them. The mother had had something go wrong in her family at that time. She had the onset of Parkinson's and she just didn't want to deal with it, which, hey, it's like, you know, at one point it was your life and it's over and you don't want to relive that again, I'm sure. So she didn't want nothing to do with it. And then my dad denied it, that it was even his kid. You know, he denied it right up till I shook his hand. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but they were they told you that he was Italian. They and told it, me he was Italian. Yeah. They told me my grandfather was a carpenter and he had a mustache and a couple of other <laughs> things, but nothing really, you know. He told me that there was no, no history of cancer or heart attacks or anything like that in the family. So, you know, there really wasn't a lot to, for them to come up with. I mean, you know, it was it was something. At least I knew they were out there. But kind of kind of discouraging at that point. And that's where I said, well, you know what? Forget it then. I'm done. I'm not, I'm not pursuing it any farther. You know, I, I did this. I did it. They didn't come after me. And uh, evidently, they don't want anything to do with me. So guess what? 
I write them off like they wrote me off. That's the way I looked at it. And the people who raised me were fantastic people. No problems with that. I led a good life. So what did you think when I told you I was going to find them? I thought if that was something you wanted to do, you know, I mean, I know you enjoy doing that stuff. And I thought, well, hey, see what happens. I mean, you know, worst comes to worst, she finds them. Yeah. <laughs> worst comes to worst, it's at that end. And she can't get to find them either. But I kind of knew you'd find them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you wouldn't give up. You know, and my thing was, they didn't want to talk to me. Why really find them at that point? You know what I mean? Yeah, I can understand. Dominic, that. Dominic would have been happy to run out his life and have never met me. I guarantee it. I'm sure, <laughs> it definitely changed the outlook of him to his kids. Yeah, he you would have rather I mean? kept that secret. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, his wife, I'm sure. You know, what what else don't I know? Because he knew it. His brother knew it. You know. His brother knew I was born, and he knew it was his kid. And even even my mom's sister knew it. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. it wasn't like she went away, had the kid, nobody knew what happened. It was kept quiet. Right. So, you know, these people just totally, like when people have bad things happen, they just totally black them out of their mind and walk away. You know, like I said, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's it happened, and that's, that's my life, and that's that. So I think the first person that you talked to from... Either family was Anne, right? She called John the yeah. friend. So what was yeah. that like to be on the phone with somebody who's basically your sister? <laughs> well, you know, you know, I mean, like, like I said before, I don't know these people. Sure, it's, it's my sister, but after fifty-eight years, you know, it could have been the girl that works at Rita selling ice cream. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know these people from Adam. You know, somebody pops up and says they're your brother, your sister, or whatever. It's, it's, it's just weird. I yeah. Mean, I have no connection to them. It's five meters. I guess there's a bloodline connection, but that's, you know, it's like saying uh, I, I have a connection to everybody who's Italian. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, it, it's my sister, but it's not like I know her at all. Well, at this point you do, but then yeah, it was at this point I do, but at that point, no, I didn't. And then over the course of the next three days, the other three sisters called and John called my brother. So, Do you remember how long after that it was that we met? I, we first met John. I think it was like a couple weeks, right? No, we met Ann first. No, we met didn't, John first. Remember, he was there on the conference. Yeah, but didn't Ann go out of her way to drive out here first? No, so but, she could beat John to meet me. <laughs> yeah, but but he had he had the conference, and then she came the Fourth of July. So it was like, but both of them, it was in like a month, within a month. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was in like a couple within a couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely, yeah. it was different. You know, I mean, like I said, you're you're together by blood but as far as knowing them you don't know nothing about them or any you know what i mean were you like nervous to meet them like see if you got even got along with them if you had anything to say to them not really because you know like i said before if they don't like me they don't like me i mean what do i got to lose yeah you know what i mean it's uh (laughs) you you meet them and uh, there's definitely a connection of some sort but you know, it's, it's really, it, like I said, it's, it's strange. You know what I mean? It's, it's not something that everybody goes through, I'm sure, you know. <laughs> yeah. So it was a couple months later. It was it was Labor Day, right? The first time we went out there. Yeah. First time probably was Labor Day or whatever, yeah. So that was the first time that you actually met Dominic. Yes. And I wasn't with you, but I can imagine what that car ride was like over to his house. <laughs> Were you nervous to meet him? Not really, because like I said, Miranda, my whole thing with all of it was, they don't like me, they don't like me. At that point, it's what's there to be nervous about? What's he going to do? 
You know what I mean? But you know, he's going to tell you you don't like it. You don't need whatever everyone's saying to begin with. You turn yeah. around, you go, all right, get screwed, goodbye. You walk out the door. What was it like? I mean, when you first met him, was he friendly? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. he was friendly. Well, he he had no choice at that point. You know, when John confronted him and said, "Look, this is your this is your son. He's my brother." So he had no choice. His thing at that point was, well, throw my hands up in the air and give up, shake the guy's hand, I guess. He's my kid, you know? Yeah. He had no choice. You yeah. know, and I just kind of went, all right, hey, how you doing? You know, I sat there and talked with him for about 15, 20 minutes. He brought out his high school book, and they were showing me pictures of when he was younger. He looked like me. And it was just me, him, and John sitting there probably for about a half hour, 45 minutes talking. Well, it must have been weird sitting across from somebody that looks just like you. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a little strange. But he looks like me 30 years down the road. What's that? It doesn't strike me. The picture I have of him with the the uh, with the sailor hat thing on, he looks like me in that picture because that's about the age I'm at now. We're, we're close. But, yeah. you know, I mean, as far as that, I mean, uh, you know, it's just uh, it, it, when you look at yourself, you, somebody looks just like you, you don't, you don't see yourself in them really you know what i mean it's, it's weird it's like hearing a, a voice that somebody goes sounds just like you right you don't hear it yourself they hear it but you don't you know you what know i mean? mean you don't pick that up yeah and you could talk with the same you know everything that they talk with and you think that's just normal so they look at it and go oh this is just like that but it was it was weird to meet them and like i said you know it's something i never expected to have happen so so afterwards, did you feel good? Like you felt like something had been closed? Like you finally had an answer to that, at least? Yeah, exactly. I finally met the guy and shook his hand. That was kind of, you know, something you... I, th- I thought was never going to happen. That's You know what I mean? I just figured that was never going to happen. After I was, like I said, when I was 40, that, that idea went out of my head completely. That I was ever going to meet him. And I accepted that. And I did. It's, you know, that's, that's what it is what it is. And like I said, the, the people who raised me... That's my parents. So when I did find out who your your birth mother was, and I found out that she had died, uh, was that like disappointing that there was never going to be that part of it? No, no, because like I said, I kind of wrote them both off. You know, she didn't want to see me when I was when I was forty. At that point, that that's her idea. That's the way she was. You know, I, I kind of accepted it then. And if I, didn't meet, if I didn't get to meet her, I didn't get to meet her. And when I found out she dead, I thought, okay, that, that door's closed now. That's not going to happen. I mean, I would have went and met her, but would it have been a happy reunion? Eh, I don't know. You know, as far as I'm concerned, she's not my mother. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Yeah. I would never call her mom or anything like that. She's not my mother. She's the person who gave birth to me and put me up for adoption, which would be a tough thing to do. I, I give her credit for that. You yeah. know, she's a, she's a as far as I'm concerned, she was a decent person. She could have very easily had an abortion, I guess. Well, I don't know if it could have even then. If, uh, you know, 67 years ago, you were able to do that that easily. It was easier to have the kid and give put the kid up for adoption. Well, you know? after the experience that we had with your dad's family and how everybody was like so welcoming and nice and everything went pretty good. Uh, were you kind of surprised that her kids were the way they were about the whole thing? No, because I would think in the end, they didn't want nothing to do with me because they think, here's somebody else going to want a piece of mom's money or this wife. That was Dominic's first question. What is it you want? You know what I mean? What is it you want? I said, I want to shake your hand. That's about it. 
Yeah. I'm not here for money. I'm not here for, you know, whatever. I mean, it, 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 you know, and, and as far as if her kids didn't want to meet me, well, that's fine. That's up to them. Everybody makes their own way. They they probably won't know I was even out there until you contacted them and let them know. She may have never said a thing to anybody. The daughter claims that she did know, but she thought it was her mother's wishes that she not pursue it. That's, you know, like yeah. I said... The mom didn't want to deal with it. The daughter didn't want to deal with it. And in the end, everybody's got their own idea of how to how to do this type of thing. And that's you know that's the idea. It's fine by that by me. You know. Yeah. I mean, you you can't force yourself on somebody who doesn't want to meet you. So. So it's been what has it been nine years since we met the family in yeah. Ohio? Do you feel like it's it's been good? I mean, I know you, you weren't able to go to his funeral because of COVID. They've been out here a couple of times and we've gone out there a couple of times. Do you feel like it's been a good situation? Oh, yeah, they all, they all seem to be great people and they've been very accommodating and very nice about everything as we've been to them. I mean, you know, it's just a, it's a situation where the, the back and forth drive is just way too much. I mean, if they lived an hour away, we would probably visit them more. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? But the, 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 the drive to spend a day in the car to get there, it's just too much. I mean, it's just, it's too much back, of, you know, and it, to go out there and, and to fly out to rent a car, by the time you stay in a hotel and everything, it's, it's, it's expense. You got to look at all of that nowadays with things that go on. Yeah. So do you think your life changed in any way since you've met them? Or I know you have a lot more people. <laughs> a lot yeah, more well, people now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I, said, like I said, when Dominic was in the hospital, there was I was getting text messages from five people. And I said, you know what? I'm happy it was just me and my brother. And he wasn't all excited about everything. And I was able to make decisions. I said, I can't imagine having a, you know, six-person tier of democracy that has to go on every time you make a decision <laughs> where you have to have a vote. And is this going to happen? I think we should do this. I think, you know, everybody's got their own opinion of everything. And when you get five, six people involved in it, geez, oh man, what an ex- and everything had to be like that growing up all along. Yeah. I feel bad for John because he grew up with uh, four sisters and he never won a damn thing. <laughs> they, they beat him out on everything that went on. I think the only thing he won was the chili bake-off when we were there, because I voted for him and so did everybody else. Yeah. You know, up till then, he's been losing everything. <laughs> Are we going here? No. <laughs> you know, let's go do this. No, let, let's go to the zoo. Baseball game. No, let's go to the ballet. Oh, we're going to the ballet again? <laughs> So what would you tell people that are just starting to try to find their birth families? What kind of advice would you give them? You know, you're going to see what you're going to, you're going to see what you see and you might be happy with what you find and you might not be. I mean, yeah. you know, it's, it's uh it's a definitely an emotional trip you're going to take, <laughs> you know? So, you know, be prepared, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's, Hey, it's a question that's always in the back of your mind. And it's nice to have an answer to a question that's always in the back of your mind. You know, some things some things in your life you'll find out, and some things you won't. Just to have limited expectations is usually the yeah. best. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, you, you, you never know. You, you have high hopes when you meet them that, you know, things will be good. But who knows? I mean, you know, like I said, when I was 40, you get to a point that's at that end, and you, you got to accept that too. Whatever it's going to bring you, you're going to have to accept it. Like somebody said, well, what if your dad doesn't like it? So I stopped talking to him. I can talk to him in 58 years. It's not going to kill me to not talk to him from now on. That's true. 
You know what I mean? And he owes me 58 birthday presents, but I owe him 58 Father's Day presents. So you got to look at it that way. <laughs> but, hey, I'm happy I found him. It was a question that you always have in the back of your mind. You know, yeah. I'm happy you found him and I was able to talk to him. And it was it was a perfect timing thing because we did get to see him before he, the dementia set in. And, you know, you wouldn't have been able. Uh, two years later, it wouldn't even have been worth doing. Right. I would have found everybody who's brothers and sisters, but I wouldn't have found, I wouldn't have been able to talk to him. That's true. Yeah. You well, know, you know, everything works out for a reason. Thank you, Dad. I love you. I love you too, honey.